it's an honor to get to share with you the, this morning. It's always a privilege to open God's Word. I'm using an iPad, so bear with me. This could be interesting this morning. Uh, but recently, over the last few months, we've been looking at our church culture, and no, we're not going to be preaching on that today. We just want to remind you that our culture is everything. It's really important to what we're trying to do. It's the values that we want to have. And so I just want to remind you that we have our culture recognition awards. If you know of people who have really represented the values that we have, which are unity and generosity, honor, excellence and celebration, we want you to, like, we want to honor them. We want to celebrate that because we celebrate what we want to replicate. And so please, 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 if you know people who are doing that, please let us know because we would love to celebrate them. But this month we're bringing a focus on Thanksgiving and this morning I've got a short message that I hope will really challenge us and provoke us to action. Apparently I'm going to stretch us this morning. I'm certainly stretched when I was preparing for this message. But I know that these three things are quite simple, I'll be honest, but sometimes I need a reminder of the simple things and maybe you're perfect at it, but I know that I'm not. And this morning, I want to preach a message that I've titled, As For Me. It's called, As For Me. And I want to read two passages from the Bible, and then I've got three short and simple points. But if I'm being honest, the three points that when I think about it, as I was preparing this, they're really three points that I want to build my life on, and that I've tried my best to build my life on these three things. I wouldn't have said I was building my life on them, but just as I was preparing this, it really brought to focus in my mind that here's three things that I really think we should try and build our lives on. But I want to read from Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 to 15, and it will come up on the screen. It says this, that then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, their heads, their judges, and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. From ancient times your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates River, named Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the Euphrates River and led him through all the lands of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I played Egypt by what I did in its midst, and afterward I brought you out. So I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt. You lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who lived beyond the Jordan. And they fought with you, but I handed them over to you, and you took possession of their land when I eliminated them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, rose up and fought against Israel. He sent messengers and summoned Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I was not willing to listen to Balaam, so he had to bless you, and I saved you from his hand. You crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Gergesite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, that was easy for me to say, Therefore I handed him over to you. And then I sent the hornet before you, and it drove out the two kings of the Ammonites from you, not by your sword nor your bow. And I gave you a land in which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built. And you have lived in them, and you are now you are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Do away with the gods which your fathers served beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. 
and serve the Lord. But if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. To provide a little bit of context before I read my next passage, this is Joshua at the end of his life. He's been through some stuff, Joshua. He's grown up in Egypt and captivity. All he ever knew was bondage and slavery and darkness. Then God led them as people out, as we read about. He's, they ended up walking through the, the sea and the Egyptian army, which was at that time the greatest force on planet Earth, were wiped out by God without the Israelites doing anything really, apart from obeying Joshua was actually one of the spies who got to go into the land and then he had to see what was good and he was desperate for it. He then had to walk around for 40 years thinking about this promised land that through no fault of his own he didn't get to possess. And he's looking back here and telling the people like, this is the God that we serve. Like this is what he's done for us. We didn't earn any of this. All of the glory goes to him. So I don't know about you guys, but I will choose to serve the Lord. And I used to, growing up, I used to think we had this plaque in our house at the top of the stairs and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'll be honest, as a kid, I thought that is so cringe and so cliche. (laughs) To be honest, I was like, that is, really? Like, will we, will we, I? And um, But that's what I was thinking as a child. But I'll be honest, as I've grown up, to be honest, that's, not just some nice thing to put in a plaque, but I recognize now that it was a declaration that our parents were making over us, that as for me and my house, you can serve whatever you want, you can go and, but as for us, we will serve the Lord. And you see, Joshua knew what these people were like, and that's why he says, today you have to decide. You see, it can get so comfortable and things can happen and there's always this constant tension about who am I going to serve? Will I serve the Lord or will I serve other things? Because there's always going to be other things that are desperate for our attention. And so Joshua, I think it's fitting in his last ever message to the people, basically says, hey, I'm not going to be around, but I'm declaring now over future generations that as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We can't serve the Lord for you. I can't serve the Lord for you. It's a decision that you have to me but I remember that plaque vividly and I remember just thinking it was awful but growing up now I realise how powerful it was and I'm like I want to have a plaque like that in my house I've just not bought it yet and I can't promise in life that I'll get everything right Joshua certainly their generation didn't get everything right but there was something powerful that I'm saying as for me I will serve the Lord you see and I can honestly say before you today that when I was about 13 years old, I made a decision that as for me, I will serve the Lord. I'm now 30 years old. I know I don't look it. I'm just kidding. But like 17 years ago, give or take, I made a decision for my life that as for me, I will serve the Lord. And guess what? There's been times on the journey I've got things horribly wrong. There's mistakes that I've made and I can never promise you that I'm going to get every decision right. I'm never going to promise that I'll be perfect. I won't even promise that I'll get things right today or even tomorrow but what I can promise you because I've made a promise to my God is that as for me I will serve the Lord and you see there might be days when just like Joshua if we look at his history where he's walking around the walls of Jericho and it feels like nothing's happening but he's made a decision I will serve the Lord there might be days where he walks around the wilderness for 40 years and you might have things in your life that you're believing God for 
and you might have believed for years that were going to happen. You believe, God, this is right for me. You might have even had a taste of it in the past and through no fault of your own, you're walking around being like, God, when's it going to happen? But Joshua had a spirit that said, as for me, I will serve the Lord. And if that means that I never get to see the promise, so be it, I will serve the Lord because we know that Joshua did receive the promise and we know that our God keeps his promises. So we can trust that he will keep his promise. But you and I, we can choose to serve the Lord. So I've made that decision for me, but I can't make it for you. So my challenge for you is that as for me, are you going to be an as for me, I will serve the Lord person? The beautiful thing about serving is that you have no responsibility for what, what happens. Really, the boss, i.e. God, he dictates the terms. He dictates what we have to do. All we have to do is do it. Now, I say that as if it's easy. It's definitely not. There's been times where there's been challenging, when it's a challenge to serve the Lord, when it means putting myself second, when actually I want to put myself first, but that's not what we're called to do because my job is to serve the Lord. So my question for you is, as for me, will you serve the Lord or will you, I'm not saying it's a prophetic word by any shape or form, but I think there's something about when Joshua said to the people, choose today, who are you going to serve? Will you serve the Lord or will you serve others? Because if I'd read on, he would go on to describe how you can't, you can't pick and choose as and when you feel like it. That's not how God works. God isn't going to bless that, but God's saying, I would rather you are in. I preached a message a few months ago, are you in or are you out? God's looking for people who says, you know what, if I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve it wholeheartedly. I give my life wholeheartedly. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Sometimes I don't even know what that looks like for me, but I just know that Jesus, I'm a servant. Here I am to serve. The second thing I note here, and I'm going to read a passage in a moment, is as for me, I will worship the Lord. You see, I'm going to read now from Luke 17, verses 11 to 19, and it will come up on the screen again. And this is talking about Jesus, but it says, while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. But Jesus responded and said, well, they're not ten cleansed, but the nine. Where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. You know, for me, worship is about putting, putting something in a position of first place. You see, it's about the position we give someone or something. So for me, as for me, I will put Jesus in first place. On Wednesday night, we had our church prayer meeting and we sang the song, Goodness of God, which many of us would know. And within that song, the, the chorus says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. But you see, the second verse says that I have lived in the goodness of God. You see, in life, God is the only one who is worthy 
of glory. Joshua in that initial passage made it perfectly clear that all of these things that happened, the land that we possessed in a living and we done nothing to earn it, we done nothing to deserve it. Every battle that we ever won was actually God who won it for us because he's recognizing that actually we don't worship ourselves or we don't worship other people. Yeah, we can honor one another because that's what the Bible calls us to do. But when it comes to worship and glory, it belongs to God and God alone. It belongs only to Jesus. And you see, he's the only one who's worthy of glory. And this story where this leper comes back and he recognizes that the other nine, who knows what happened to them? Who knows what they said? I'm not making things up. I would never make things up in the Bible, but who knows what they said? They might have said, oh, we've done X, Y, and Z, and then we got healed because they might try and explain away the miracle because so many other people might try and explain how God could never do that or it wasn't God or you'd never had leprosy. Who knows what they said, but there's one who said, you know what, I'm coming back to worship Jesus. Why? Because he's the only one who deserves the glory. There's something about when God does something in your work that I have no choice but to worship. Why? Because he is God in heaven and I am here on earth. Recently, I bumped into someone I went to school with, which was over 12 years ago. Now, when we were reminiscing about school, and uh, to be honest, I don't really have much contact with people from school at all, but he was showing me like the list of friends he had on Facebook and what they were doing now. And it's funny because there's some couples who were together at school who are now married, and I'm like, oh, how cool is that? Um, and we were just, it was funny to reminisce, but I was, I was looking back at that time in my life, and I remember the plans I had for my own life, and I remember... And I remember when I, I honestly so vividly remember when I failed all my exams, well not all of them, I passed some, um, but I didn't get the grades I wanted and the plan for my life fell apart and I remember the mission trip to Austria when my results came through and I was like, do I wait to get my results when I get home or do I get my parents to open them and tell me? Thankfully I got them to open them and tell me because then they could calm down by the time I came back. But, um, but I'm not even joking, believe me, I was so glad I was not in the, the country when my results came through. But I remember, my, I remember hearing, the, and I remember just being so broken, and it was entirely my fault, as I've said. I've, like, I didn't get the grades I wanted, but I got the grades I deserved, do you know that way? <laughs> so if you don't study, you ain't going to pass. And, um, and that's not on God, that's on you. Just for everyone who's passed sitting exams, study, please do study. But I remember being so lost, but I remember that's when Romans 8.28 came into my life because my friend encouraged me. And I look back on my life and I realize even in spite of my fails and my flaws and my mistakes because he's seen them all. He still called me friend, but he still had a plan for me. So I remember, I was thinking about that on Wednesday night at the prayer meeting when I says, all my life he has been so, so faithful. Even when I wasn't, even when I messed up, even when I didn't deserve it, still he was faithful to me. And so how could I not worship? And I remember 2016 was a, an interesting year because I gained a fiance, but I also lost one of my heroes, which was my Papa, within a week, he went to be with Jesus and asked her to marry me two days later. It wasn't because I needed to pick me up or anything like that. That was always the plan. But I remember I had the opportunity to lead worship here in church, like a, not that Sunday, but the Sunday after. And I remember just being so heartbroken because he was my hero. And it's one of those moments where I knew that he was in glory now. So he'd heard the words, we're desperate to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But we were still left here heartbroken on earth. And I remember just... I remember just being, being before God, being like, God, all I have is this broken heart. But God, I, as for me, I will worship you. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my disappointment, all we can do is say, do you know what? As for me, I will worship. And you see, in every season in life, I remember, I can honestly say that I, as for me, I will worship. 
in the good times in life, I've chosen to worship. In the times where it's painful and it's difficult and it costs me, as for me, I will worship. When life's a battle, I will worship the Lord. And a lot of the times in Israel times, and Joshua was writing, they would build altars when God done something good or bad because they wanted to encourage the future generations. As for me, we worshiped. So when they looked at these altars, they would remember the stories, they would remember the faithfulness of who God was so that future generations could look at it and think, do you know what? That's that God whom we worship. And so as for me, I will worship. My challenge to you is, who are you going to worship? Who's going to get first place in your life in the good times and in the bad times? Who are you going to worship? I've shared it before, but one of my favorite it's not so much my favorite song, but I love the story behind the song. Sometimes when you hear the story, it makes a song more powerful. And there's an old song by Hillsong called The Desert Song. And it's by Brooke, I think her name was Brooke Fraser at the time. Now it's Brooke Lichterwood or however you pronounce her surname. Um, but she, she, she basically had given birth to a stillborn child the week before this album recording with Hillsong. And, um, and she sung, sang this song called The Desert Song. And and within it she says, I will bring praise, I will bring praise, no weapon formed against me shall. It's quite an emotional story because basically at the, what I can only imagine would be the worst moment of her life. She said, this is my prayer in the battle when triumph is still on its way. I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ. So firm on his promise, I'll stand. And then she wrote, sang the bridge, and this is in front of thousands of people, an album recording, right in the midst of her pain, when she could be angry at God. I know I would probably be. I'm probably angry at God for her a little bit. But she says, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing, and I have a reason to worship. Why? Because in the good times and the bad times, we have a choice. As for me... I will worship. Jesus, I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. I don't get it. I don't know why I've done, what I've done to deserve this. God, I don't even know where you are in the midst of this, but I'm going to choose to worship you. Why? Because he is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of all of our worship. And the, the, the final thing I note here as we move towards the Ten Leopards story is that as for me, I will give thanks. There were 10 lepers that Jesus healed. You see, it says 10 came, and it was as they went that they were healed. So it wasn't the fact he came back that healed them. It says that all 10 were healed. All 10 were healed. So all 10 of them had the, the faith to believe that as they obeyed what Jesus said, he would heal them. You see, just before this passage in the Bible, the disciples are asking Jesus, how can I increase my faith? How can we increase our faith? And Jesus says, well, you increase it by doing whatever I say. <laughs> Obedience is how you increase your faith. If you want more faith in your life, just obey what God says. That's what Jesus says. But there were 10 who were healed. There were 10 who were set free. There were 10 who were restored in the natural sense. Back then, leprosy meant you were an outcast from society. You couldn't go near anyone. Imagine COVID. Like, that was like their life permanently. You just were outcast. And it wasn't like you were outcast. You were like out of the city. Like, you didn't even have a house. You were just like, you had to wander outside and you had to shout leprosy. Imagine you had to declare the disease over yourself everywhere you went, every interaction. Nobody would touch you. Nobody would come near you. But they heard about this guy, Jesus, and thought, maybe we've tried everything else. And this Jesus guy seems to know what he's doing. 
I can't imagine. I mean, I remember being so thankful when, we, when the mass mandate was dropped and we could come back to church normally and when we could, like, I remember being so thankful when that could finally happen. Now, imagine being someone who literally was outcast from, you, the only people you could mingle with were people who were also sick and outcast and rejected. Imagine what that must have been like day and night. And yet, they get restored back to favor. And only one? Really? One out of ten. Now, I remember being so thankful for that. Now, imagine you've been set free from that and only one of ten came back to give Jesus and God the glory. And you see, the thing I know about these three stories is that when Jesus sets us free, he never just takes us out of something, but he always leads us into something. Like He didn't just take them out of Egypt. He led them into the promised land. So Jesus didn't just take us out of darkness. He led us into the light. Like He didn't just break the chains. He led us into freedom. Because if all he done was break the chains, then we could just easily get caught back in the chains. But no, no, no. Jesus took these lepers and he set them free and healed them once and for all. And I know for me that when I look back, I can see that God has provided for me. He's restored me. He's set me free. He's healed me. He's encouraged me. He's shown the way. He's opened doors for me. And he's took me from his darkness into his light. And so for me, as for me, I will give thanks. Now I'm looking out and I don't know how many people here will say 100. That would imply, if this story is true, only 10 of us would give thanks to God in this story. One in 10. But I don't believe that's going to be true for us. Because I believe that as for me and as for you, we're going to give thanks. And in November, it's Thanksgiving month. But I don't believe that Thanksgiving is just for a month. Yeah, we celebrate and we put a focus on it. But actually, I want to be thankful every single day. I want to be thankful for the moments where God sets me free. I want to be thankful that I woke up. I've been quite ill in the last 24 hours, so I was just thankful that I woke up today. I'll be honest. I was just thankful that I was able to like get a little bit of sleep and I probably, you know, like stay away from me. But it's when you say you realize how thankful you are for when you're well, but I'm thankful for the roof over my head. I'm thankful for the friends that I have in my life. And I just begin to say thanks. Why? Because giving thanks to God is really just setting us free. I know that God's done so much in all of our lives and I'm not saying that you're not thankful but sometimes I just need to be reminded to come back and just to say, do you know what, Jesus, thank you. I don't want to ever be someone who takes for granted the blessings that God has in my life. And most importantly, I never want to take them for myself but I always want to recognize that he is the one who gets my glory. That any glory from me does not belong to me but belongs entirely to him. And so I pray that it's never true of you and never true of me that we are not people who give thanks for the blessings that God has for us. And from next week, next Sunday, we are going to have two boards, one at this side and one at this side. And we are going to encourage you, Jillian, come up with a concept. It's amazing. But we're going to encourage you to write down your thanks. They're going to be like chalkboards. So we've got like chalk pen things. And we believe in that they're going to be filled with things that we're thankful for. I'm believing that the boards will be so filled that we might have to come up with a logistical problem that we have to write down more things. Because this month we have a, it's thanks vision month. And we're going to put them for everyone to see because it's going to be so filled. A few years ago we've done something called 10,000 Reasons. And I'll be honest, there was a time when I thought, how are we going to get to 10,000? Let's be honest. That's quite a... Because technically the song says, if you don't know the song, it's 10 reasons for my heart to find. So technically I need to find 10,000 reasons, then you need to find 10,000 reasons, and you need to, so that's like, but we just settled on 10,000 reasons together, and to be honest, we, we dropped them from the sky, and 
I mean, it fell for ages, and I just remember being like, <sighs> so we're doing something similar, but cooler, and not cooler, just different. Why? Because it's good to give thanks, and it's going to be a visual reminder to all of us that we've got so much to be thankful for, and if nothing else, whilst I was a sinner, Christ died for me, and I can be thankful for that. If all he ever done was set me free, that I was a sinner, and then Jesus came and lived, died, and set me free, then I can just write, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for that. The worship team can come back up. But my challenge to you this morning is that as for me, I will serve the Lord. Who are you going to serve? My, my, my challenge is, as for me, I will worship the Lord. He's going to get first place, always. And that's not always easy. And then finally, as for me, I will give thanks. I'll be the one in ten. I will, I will be an as for me person who says, you know what, look at my life. You can do whatever you want. I can't control your decisions. I can't control what you'll do. But as for me, I will serve I will worship and I will give thanks to the Lord. Can we stand if we're able? Because I'd love to pray for us. And then we're going to worship our amazing God. But Father God, I thank you that you are worthy of all of the worship and all of the glory that we could even muster. Father God, help us in the moments where it's, it's difficult, when it's a challenge, when it's a challenge to serve and it's a challenge to worship and it's a challenge to give thanks. God, help us. Help us to recognize and remember your faithfulness every single day. Help us to know and understand that every day we live in your goodness. Father God, that it's only because of your grace and it's only because of your mercy. So I pray for us that we will be as for me people who give you all the glory and as we serve and as we worship and as we give thanks that we'll become the, the people who make a difference and possess every land that you call us to. That we'll see miracles breaking out that we'll see people coming back home because they look at our lives and they just see you. Father God, I pray that you'll open doors for us that will go beyond anything we could ever ask, think, or imagine. But Father God, we just recognize that you're the one who's worthy of it all, that you deserve all of the glory. And so that is where we, what we give to you. In Jesus' name.